Welcome in. It is Priority Talk. Greg Davis here with you. Hope everybody is doing wonderful today during this hour. We are uh, pleased, as always, to have uh, Pastor Paul Brazier and more than pleased to have his wife, Lori Brazier, here in studio with us today. Paul, we like having you. We love having Lori. Oh, all right. Thanks. Yeah, well, what's all this about? Discrimination? <laughs> what? No, it's all good. Well, look, it's it, it's apropos because of our conversation today. That's true. Our That's theological true. Uh, discussion is going to center around the topic of marriage. Yeah. So, uh, Lori, here sense. with you, and I, I wish Sandy could have been here with me. We that. That could have been interesting. Yeah, could have been even better. Is that is? Are you Didn't trying to out. tell us something that she might have some secrets on you or no, something? Greg? No, no. I'm I, just I mean, saying it could have. We could have had <laughs> okay. the whole both couples and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway, it's a good. It's a great topic. It is a theological topic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, marriage. To, I always I say it like this: marriage is just. Well, we gave marriage away. We gave it up. That's right. The church did. We gave. Mm-hmm. We basically given it away. Now the Catholic Church. They still got some ownership on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they work the process. Catholics do. Oh yeah. They have to get married in the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they still. But uh, others, we gave it away. Yeah. And um, Paul, when's the last time you did a wedding in a church? Uh, Performed a wedding at a church. I no, no one, one gets married in a church anymore. One last Not year. Not many. Yeah. One. One last year, and and honestly, the church was what it was called a community church, and uh, they allowed all kind of pretty much marriages as long as they're christian marriages but pretty much all kind of marriages mm-hmm. and all kind of things that you, you know a lot of different things like that well, but when just, you go back and you look at pictures of people's wedding pictures from 20 years ago or more yeah maybe 15 or more they're practically all in a church they were you in can a church see them. they were now they're hardly ever yeah in well, a church in in defense for some of my friends who have just recently gotten I'm married. I'm not criticizing. I know, I'm just but saying. they it, like to dance after the wedding, and mm-hmm. at churches, it's kind of hard to yeah, dance well, at the church. Most churches okay. won't allow you to do that. Yeah. And if they're, you know, um, if they're like us and very conservative, they, they will not allow that to happen, even though most folks in the church do not have a problem with dancing at all. Yeah. Sad thing is, though, a lot of times there's uh, other things that's allowed at the reception, too, and, yeah. and some folks are having a way, but you're, you're finding... A lot of uh, weddings on the beach, yeah, out in the woods, at the barn, in the barn. It's almost became more connected to nature than yeah. it has yeah. sacred, which which can be sacred. I yeah. get it, but I'm just yeah. saying it's just changed. It's really is what I'm getting. I kind of enjoy it, but not, I don't like some of the things that goes on afterwards. Sometimes yeah. I'm not I'm not criticizing anybody in particular or yeah. down on anybody. I'm just saying, You're just it's, saying changed. What it is. it's changed. It's yeah. changed. You just hardly ever see weddings in the church unless it's a Catholic, mm-hmm. and then those are. But other than that, not but that often. But what makes a church a church? Well, that, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, but but likewise, we have uh, the view of marriage has really changed a lot in our nation. That's kind of my That's point. That's the point you're making. I mean, and people pretty much can marry anybody now. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I'm saying anything. as to to be the mm-hmm. uh, pastor or the preacher, they can pretty much just go. Do yeah. I mean I can marry somebody now? Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Yeah, our uh, son did a, a marriage, and uh, he we he's not licensed. But one of his friends asked him, mm-hmm. "Can you do the marriage for us?" Because now in the state of Alabama, when you buy a marriage license, you are seen as married. Yeah. And the reason that is is because the judges it. do yeah. not want to. If they're Christian judges, they do not want to say no and get sued for yeah. not marrying a gay couple mm-hmm. because of the national look. 
and uh, and to me i felt like they should have really i felt like it was a cop-out myself that's just me personally and i don't mean ugly but if you're a christian and you feel you know you're so instead the of scriptures, them putting their signature on it and now it's a marriage it's basically a marriage when you get the license when you get the license yeah, they, you're considered married that by was the their state. way they sort mm-hmm. of uh, didn't mm-hmm. uh, violate people's deeply yeah. held beliefs if they're a probate yeah. judge or whatever and um, used to you know you and i would have to sign off on that yeah. as a as a as a, the pastor the officiant of the wedding we would mail that to montgomery yeah. or or to the courthouse locally but paul and, you know like i yeah. do anybody could sign that they wouldn't nobody checking oh sure it. nobody's checking you ever had anybody call you go hey your name is on this so-and-so's <laughs> yeah. license are you an ordained licensed minister no no, no. It, you could scribble anything on there it didn't matter sure so i guess what but I'm it kind of gave some officialness to it you know ma- marriage but the state wouldn't check in it you know no, marriage uh-huh. has become instead of something that was given by god as something sacred and a covenant it yeah. sort of became something of the state now yeah it really uh, it is. It's become more of that than it has something that's sacred. Mm-hmm. And so something's been lost there. And I think all these are just sort of, not symptoms, but they're signs of that, I yeah. guess. You know, it's become less sacred mm-hmm. in culture overall. Yeah, in, in my opinion, it is. I'm not saying you mm-hmm. can't have a a Christian, God-centered marriage if you did it outdoors. I'm not saying oh, yeah, that. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we – It just, but it did shift away from mm-hmm. being something that was sort of more church – even – even couples that weren't in church or even they would get married in a church yeah oh yeah you know i've met a lot of people where they Back just wanted the me and a couple others there you know just a couple witnesses but they would do it in a church because it, it was seen as something as a mm-hmm. covenant with one another well, and god even in las vegas they had the chapels yes. the wedding chapels yeah. gatlinburg. gatlinburg yeah yeah uh, you have them in Hawaii. <laughs> you got wedding chapels everywhere, and um, but yeah, it, it, again, w- I really think what's happening is is that we have because the state at one time used to be hand in hand worked well with the church, mm-hmm. and now people for some reason believe that separation of church and state literally means separated, yeah. and it's not really what it meant. You know, yeah. I'm not a hater, or you know, don't ever been a hater not like that, but you know, I believe there's only one real marriage, and that's one man to one woman. And that's the way it's biblically that way. Um, I just feel like that's what it's supposed to well, be. Well, that's what marriage God is. ordained. Now, these you know? other things, you can call them something else, mm-hmm. and they can be what they are, but it's not marriage, mm-hmm. unless you change mm-hmm. the definition of the word marriage. You yeah. know, and that's what has happened. Yeah. Uh, and the scriptures honestly. are very plain about what a, mar- what a marriage it is. is. So our, so our discussion will center on the, the theology of marriage mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, from, from the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it, is, it is something it's given by God. And uh, and should be something that's sacred, especially if you are a uh, a, a, you know, a Christian or a God honoring or yeah. claim to be a Bible centered person. You can't have you shouldn't have marriage without God being part of the equation mm-hmm. of a marriage. And so um, anyway, that's sort of where I was getting to with it. Yeah. It's just saying we've sort of it, it has shifted over time though. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think to a great degree, you know, the the divorce epidemic since what probably if you look at the numbers since about the mid seventies. Really the sixties, if you think about it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was divorce was fairly rare. I mm-hmm. mean, but at some point in there, mm-hmm. it started to escalate the divorce rate, and it sort of has leveled out now, but leveled out in a bad way, in a high mm-hmm. way. But you know, at some point, I think people looked and went uh, marriage, and they grew up in a home where mom and dad was divorced, maybe multiple times, and another generation came along and went, man, if that's what marriage is. I'm um, not sure I'm too yeah. keen on that. Oh, that yeah. didn't work too well. Because, you know, now truth is what works. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's got to work if, yeah. to be true. It's it's uh, pragmatism. 
And so they looked at it and went, well, didn't work too good for my family. Didn't work too good for you. Didn't work too good for you. So let's either ignore marriage and not get married. Mm -hmm. um, Because of the pain that they saw. Mm -hmm. Or let's uh, try a different way of marriage. And And to some extent, that's what's happened. I think those people sometimes think marriage is just because of a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, by the state. Right. And so I, I, we, we made a deal before we ever said I do to mm-hmm. each other that we would never use the word divorce. Sure, we did the same thing. In any situation. We outright pledged to each other that would not be something we would throw up. We did that as well. Did y'all mm-hmm. tell us to do that? Maybe y'all no. challenged us on that. I can't, but we did the same yeah. thing. I don't remember why yeah. or where yeah. it came from. Sandy, that's yeah. why I need her here. Yeah. Yeah, we've threatened to kill each other every now and then. Yeah, but not divorce. I'm just, I'm yeah. just not divorced. Hey, murder's yeah. fine, <laughs> but not divorce. Nah. But you know, you said something about divorce picking up steam. I really believe it picked up steam in the 60s. And I've said this a lot of times, even from the pulpit. I can remember a soap opera coming out years ago. We didn't have soap operas in the 60s. You remember the soap operas that came out? The 70s, they came out. But the first soap opera was really a late night deal, or not a late night, but an evening. And uh, it was called Peyton Place. You remember Peyton Place? You probably don't. don't. I don't either. It was the very first one, and it was the first time you saw uh, families that that weren't Ozzy and Harriet, Ricky and Ricky and Lucy, and all that. And uh, you know, with the the family was strong. But anyway, just wanted to to say I really believe a lot of it had to do with the way the media was beginning to influence us and and putting things in our minds. And people got their head out of the Bible and started watching TV, and that became their Bible. Because the world, the world says this, the world says that, the world shows us this. Right. Uh, instead of going to Talking the Talking about the piece of paper. If someone said, hey, we're married, and they were living a, had a you know, God-honoring marriage, nobody's perfect, but you know, they were striving to please God, but they said, you know, but we never were married with the state. As far as the state's concerned, they have no idea we're together. You know, we file separate taxes, whatever. Yeah. We're not married. Um, would we consider them married? You're talking about a common law marriage, well, basically. I'm saying they had a but ceremony. They had a ceremony in the church. Not, but they just haven't ever registered it with the state. Oh, I would consider them married. I would consider them that way. Yeah, I would, sure too. Would. Yeah, because yeah, to me, marriage is not of the, the state. Church. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. right, that's what I'm getting at. Right. That's what I'm getting at. If you felt like we got to go to the courthouse and we got to file that or we're not married, some some secular has seeped into marriage. I'm yeah. not against doing that. I did. No. Well, I mean, you just following the law, like what it yeah. says in Hebrews, obey the earlier, the, yeah. obey the but law. But if somebody you know? said, "Hey, we got married, but we never filled out the marriage license with the state and all that, but we had a ceremony, yeah, we're married, our we're committed to one <laughs> another." But, but Greg, I know of a specific girl who was led by a a guy that she was dating that said. We can be married without a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and we don't have to go get a ring. So we can perform things in marriage that we would normally do in a marriage. And so let's just pretend we're married and do those things. Mm-hmm. And this person went along with that and mm-hmm. was ruined, mm-hmm. like heart torn up. Yeah, that's because true. that was not under God's leadership. No, that, that was yeah. not. That's why I said if yeah. they were living yes. a God-honoring And he marriage, said like a service, like a church, right. too. If they had it, but in that situation, never, no one would have ever known they didn't do the paperwork. Right. Yeah. Except now nobody would know because you don't even have to sign it you as the pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. All right, we're talking marriage. It is priority Ooh, talk. Stirring it up. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> hey, we're going to get to the uh, the biblical uh, mandates and gift of marriage when we come back. Stay with us right here. Priority Talk Radio, Greg Davis. And we welcome you back in. It is Priority Talk. Greg Davis here with you and uh, Pastor Paul Brazier and his wife, Laurie Brazier, 
in studio with us. We're talking marriage. We bounced around some probably uh, rather controversial uh, topics uh, there about marriage. Y'all didn't know I was going to go that way, did you? No, well, that's sorry, what's though. always special about you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was interesting. Uh, but anyway, we are talking marriage. And, Paul, when we talk marriage, um, you have to go all the way back to the beginning. You know, um, Really? I do. Pretty I much really any topic I talk about, preach about. Genesis. You go back Genesis. to uh, Genesis. I mean, Genesis one through eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. It, it's all there. Mm-hmm. It, that's that's the beginning. So you have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. So talk to us about marriage, uh, and I won't go haywire on you guys. No, you're good, this, man. This time you're good. I thought I thought it was very good. Uh, you know, you look at marriage. You look at the, in the beginning, and God creates a man. He creates all the animals and all this stuff. And then verse eighteen of chapter two, God looks and says. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, now, I remember Rick Owsley was preaching on this one time, and he said, what he's saying there is, is the man can't handle it by himself. That's true. <laughs> is this where I say amen? Because yeah, I really right. want to. That's right. He'd say, Rick would go on to say, you know, uh, Ricky would say, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Well, usually it's because Ricky really had some explaining to do, too. Yep. But but we had a lot of fun talking to Rick about that one time, a long time ago. But man can't handle it by himself. I mean, he's been given an awesome task, and that's just to subdue everything, name all the animals, provide, all those kind of things. And ladies, I really believe ladies are gifted even more so in areas than we are we're more like a hedgehog we do one thing at a time for the most part or we may go hunting and we hunt for that thing we shoot it or we go out shopping we got that one thing we want to go get and we go get it lady on the other hand she's looking at everything else she's covering all the other bases uh she can start more uh things and finish more things than we can uh, to me i think they're they're multi they're multifaceted they're multi functional than we are and so that happens but they're in the same garden they're, they're given the same instruction don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and then all of a sudden they're walking along and the serpent comes up to them and he says what he says god didn't say that god said you might die or mm-hmm. he, you'll see things the way he sees things and and he convinces the woman and well, he tells them yeah. to question God's command. God's exactly, word. He, he questioned question. it. He, question. he raised that question, you know, and and uh, and and that's the authority that God gave. Now Adam was with her. Adam was with her at the time. I don't know why he didn't say anything. Maybe he was enamored at the serpent. Maybe he was he was so enamored with his wife. And man, she's hot and all this stuff. I don't know what he thought, yeah. but he's like, I don't want to offend her. And, yeah. and I'm like, giving, you, I think the, I yeah. think Satan was also saying to the woman, God didn't give you enough. So let me give you something else. That's prob- that that's good. That's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a good that's analogy. Good. Well, and you know the woe man. You know, as we say it, <laughs> you know, he that that's how she got her name. Adam took <laughs> one look and said, "Whoa, Ooh, man!" man. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. You know? Yeah, and, and and so Satan convinces her this okay. She looks at it and he pleased the eyes. What you said a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, please the eyes. You know, please the mind of, as far as the yeah. thought. Tasted it. Yeah. Tasted pretty lust good. Lust of the flesh. Yeah, lust, lust of the, of the flesh. eyes. Pride of life. All three are right there. All of it, mm-hmm. right there. And uh, and then she convinces the man to do it. Well, you know, then God shows up. They realize they're naked. They put make some clothes on. They had to be itchy. I mean, they made them out of what fig leaves. And that had to be itchy. I don't know how you make clothes out of fig leaves. But anyway, they did. And then God called, comes in the cool of the day, and he says, where are you? And uh, where are you? And uh, we heard the sound of your voice, and we hid because we were naked. We hid ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
He said, who told you you were naked? Did, have you eaten from the tree of life? Mm-hmm. Of course he knew. <laughs> he knew. He already knew. And um, he had already seen everything all the way around any which ways. And, and then the man says, the woman – now, this is, what, this is what really blows my mind about the man. He, he got enticed to do it. He did it. Everything was good. He sees things from a different perspective. And then all of a sudden, God comes up, and he has the audacity to say, the woman whom you gave me mm. – He's blaming God yep. to be with me. Well, she God. gave me from the tree of life well, and I Blamed her, blamed God. Yeah, it's like it went that way, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, mm-hmm. blamed everybody but himself. And, you know, God says, you know, the man is accountable. You know, I, I've, I've told my wife, I've told other folks' wives from the pulpit, you know, a lot of folks don't realize the reason a man sometimes is slow to move or make a decision sometimes is because he's accountable for everybody in his family. Yeah. Nobody else is held accountable for the rest of them. They're just accountable for themselves. He's accountable for all of them. That's true. And so when, when somebody in the family messes up, I feel it. I feel it. I feel like I failed them somewhere. Yeah. And so and so here he is. This and One of the reasons is because God called the man out. And so the man has a proverbial chip of insufficient on his shoulder. He has a proverbial chip of, I really can't handle this, you know, on his shoulder because he knew he blew it from this point. So he blamed it on God. And then God set him straight. And then he says to the woman, you know, what have you done? And the woman says, well, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Well, here we are. We're sort of blaming God again because he did create the serpent, and the serpent was given a choice, and the serpent chose not to follow yeah. God. You got any thoughts on that serpent, just, just sideline? Yeah. You know, I, I've heard, you know, the serpent, obviously, because what God says later the serpent wasn't on the ground. Mm. It probably was He's walking, walking, moving, walking, mm. moving somehow upright. And yeah. it talked. And talked. Yeah, yeah you talk. Probably s- much like the Chinese we call it a snake. serpent. We don't know that it was a snake. You know, it doesn't necessarily say that a serpent. Well, to me, the serpent and the dragon are like yeah. the same. When mm-hmm. you see the the dragons that are the Chinese folks draw up, yes. they always have legs, and I believe that was probably kind of what it was because in the Bible it uses the serpent and the dragon interchangeably mm-hmm. and when you go to Revelation you see the serpent yeah. you see the dragon it all represents Satan yeah. and, and it so, could be some translation too but yeah. he tells him you're on your belly you shall go and uh, you shall eat dust so that means all the days of your life so yeah. apparently he wasn't already on his belly I don't know because that Bible I saw in the pediatric waiting room when I was a kid <laughs> yeah. had the serpent in the tree yeah. talking yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, he kind yeah. of got the cart before the horse didn't he yeah. but, but you know I had a friend of mine who I, I, I appreciate him. He's more liberal in his thinking, and I, I, I appreciate some of the things he says, but some of it I don't at all. But he said, I don't believe the serpent was the devil. And I said, brother, you got issues. Mm. I just flat told him, I said, I love you, but that was well, Satan what himself. Did he, think it was? he thought it could have been a serpent that just, you know, talked to them, and which didn't make any sense at all to me. Mm. Uh, because the serpent all the way through the scriptures is represented as, a, as Satan. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just it was just kind of a strange thing. And well, well, either way, they were they disobeyed God. Yeah, I mean that's the bottom line. Yeah, that, that's all sort of sideline kind of stuff. That's true. Interesting yeah. fodder, you know. To but think you know, about. you could from this scripture, you can get the basic need that a man has and the basic need that a woman has from this scripture alone. And and then Paul in chapter five of Ephesians shows you how to meet each other's needs mm-hmm. by the way he writes that because he'll, he'll go on to say he says the lord god says a serpent you know you're going to go on your belly and, and then he says i'm going to put an enmity between you and the woman that means jesus and between your seed and her seed he shall bruise you on the head which you know uh the lord's going to prevail over satan and uh you and you shall bruise him on the heel and and he's going to cause a lot of men to stumble but then he says to the woman i'll greatly multiply your birth your pain in childbirth 
and in pain you'll bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And basically what God's saying is, is you're going to have pain, but by the same token, your desire will be your husband's place. But if you want to be blessed, you've got to let him rule. Mm. Because he didn't step up the plate in this situation. I want him to step up the plate. And then he looks to Adam and he says, uh, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and you've eaten from the tree without of which I've commanded you, you and you shall not eat of it. Curses the ground. You have to work by the sweat of your brow. Uh, you'll plant. You'll eat plants. Uh, you'll work. You'll eat bread. You'll, then you'll return to the ground. Well, let's point out there too. So you know, you'll have to well. by the sweat of your brow, because a lot of people think that um, uh, that work is part of the fall. Mm-hmm. But work was already there. It was but he already says there. Now there'll be, gonna be sweat. sweat. There's going to be thorns and thistles yeah, and toils in and the work. Work was already before the fall. That's right. You know, some people. Um, it was joyful don't work think too. It's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> he I mean, was caring in the garden. Yeah. We were already taking. given. Man was already given a job to do, work to do. Great this, work. This changed that dynamic. But work was already there. Yeah. You know, for for the people that. Uh, think Manuel Labor is the uh, president of Mexico. That was already Manuel Labor. <laughs> Manuel Labor was there. The that's right. Yeah, but but you know that right there you see from the very beginning a, a woman is very gifted and talented and can start a lot of things and do a lot of things and complete a man and and she desires to lead. But God says if you want to be blessed, you've got to let the man lead because there's something he's he's going to be held accountable. And you don't. If you leave, then he's going to be held accountable for a lot more stuff, and it's going to be a bad day, you know. And but if the man leaves, it's, it's going to be a little bit slower. He's going to work harder, and uh, um, and all. But that woman's got that. A woman has a desire. I believe most women do a desire to lead. You know, uh, my wife's a born leader. I, I love watching her lead. Sure is. Uh, but mm-hmm. she knows at times, and it's not because I'm a mean person or I'm lauding over her. We're a team, and and I, you know. It, Please run it past me. I remember when we first got married, we didn't have much money, and we made a deal. If it's over $50, we got to call each other and ask each right. other, we're going to spend Same it or thing. Not, yep. you know. And so we did that to, to kind of make sure we were in line as far as financially. Need to do that more often, I guess, but especially <laughs> on my side of it. But but the thing is, is there are needs there that each of us meets. Um, I believe a woman wants security. I believe that's what she wants is security. That's why she wants to make sure everything's taken care of. That's why she's a multitasker. She wants it all to happen. And then I believe a man, uh, his basic need is respect. Respect. You got it. Yeah. So, so yeah. you. Is this when I sing my other. song? You got you it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've interviewed uh, Emerson Egrich over the years, and he's okay. got the great book Love and Respect, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that's that's it's what he says. It. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. We've got a half hour left. Here talking about marriage with Pastor Paul Brazier and his wife, Lori. Greg Davis here with you. Hang with us. We'll be right back. And we're back in, and we've got just under a half hour left here for this hour of Priority Talk. We're so glad to have you with us as we talk marriage. Pastor Paul Brazier, regular guest and guest host, and his wife, Lori, here in studio with us as we uh, talk about this sacred thing that we call marriage. And uh, we've uh, talked about some just practical issues, societal issues, I guess I would call them, of marriage. Uh, and then, uh, then we went back to Genesis and really talked about the first marriage and, the, and really the fall of the first marriage and, and all of mankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, now we, uh, we, we sort of turn a few pages and we wind up over in the book of Ephesians with, uh, with Paul's very practical teaching on marriage in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, Paul, you ended by saying that, uh, the last segment, by saying that oh, you know, we see the needs of one another in Genesis. 
And then we see that fleshed out even more in Ephesians that a woman really needs security and a man really needs respect. And you can flesh that out in different ways. There's, I'd say there's different uh, particulars under each one of those. But generally speaking, I think that is a great way to say it uh, is uh, security and respect. Uh, how do we care that over in, as we see it in Genesis in, there in that Genesis chapter 3? How do we care that over to Ephesians? Wow. You look at it and it says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And that's what Paul's saying. Now, at the first part of Ephesians 5, he tells Boy, the church how to be. a controversial Ooh, passage. Man, man, you ain't kidding. You got to they stop and take a breath on Yeah. That. Let me look at my wife. Be subject, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of preachers that will take that. And they, he will ha- they used to – I can remember growing yeah. up, you could see some yeah. guys hammering yeah. the women with that, you know. And they typically had the wrong – I think they had the wrong spin on it. I do, too. You know what I mean? I really do, too. It was very authoritarian many yeah. times. And, very. And it, and it and it probably hurt marriage mm-hmm. more than anything. Well, it probably helped feminism, the feminist movement, yeah. a little bit. Well, it bit. caused a rebellion yeah. in, in many uh-huh. ways. And uh, probably helped that a little bit. But it says, be subject to your own husbands. And that's coming right out of Genesis. You know, he says, your desire may be this, but be subject to him. Be a mm-hmm. team with him. You're to complete that man, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what he's really saying. As to the, And then he says, be subject as to the Lord. He parallels this with the church. You know, we as a church need to be submissive to the Lord. We, I, I love it when people get saved and they really want to learn about Jesus. But, you know, the folks that sometimes have been saved for a long time, they'll, they come up with a lot of great ideas, but they don't ask of the Lord what they need to be doing in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we can do this. We can do this. Well, what about just praying and going out and inviting people to church and, and sharing Jesus with them? Right. You know, that's yeah. basically what we're supposed to be doing anyway. Yeah, Laurie, take a minute. This be subject. You know, here's two men talking it. about it. Uh, give, give. I'll say give your, but give give a lady's side of this. This passage from the way it's been presented to maybe the way it's been misrepresented. Maybe I don't know. Right. I w- I'm a very strong-willed person. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be not listening. So, so I I take it. Of course, I know the word of God is is for our good. So when God says to let the man, you know, be in charge, I'm okay with that. Uh, because I do not want that responsibility. I I think. I mean, if it's out of line of the Lord, that's that's enough for me right there. So I'm I try to to definitely respect my husband but i tried to when we have a decision to make as a family he does have the last say so mm-hmm. i can give my opinion that's what i i love about that word respect because he respects even my opinion too i mean mm-hmm. we're a marriage when when we yeah. were said yeah. i do we were made a covenant relationship together but with the lord yeah. so he sees us as one when we pray for our children we pray together we agree together in things and i think that's important i was looking at this statement and I wanted to stir a pot just a little bit, too. Uh, <laughs> Marriage ultimately displays the glory and grace of God by picturing the unbreakable, and that's key, unbreakable relationship between Christ and his church. And I think about his church. That's his children. Mm-hmm. When Christ is perfect, Christ has never messed up. But his church has. Mm-hmm. And so it's an unbreakable relationship that we have with Christ, like in marriage. We mess up. Paul and I mess up together. Paul and I mess up separately. 
But to, to know that marriage is that representation of Christ and the church, it is. we forgive each other. Mm. Christ mm. forgives us as a mm. church body, as an individual Christian. And I think that's the beauty of marriage is all about that forgiveness. He may make a decision I totally disagree with. And when when that decision may show that, hey, I was right, he was wrong, it is not up to me to put it back in his face mm-hmm. because I have to forgive him. Yeah. And that's the beauty. And I used marriage. to already know it by then. Yeah, well, and he doesn't up. feel good about that, no. you know, yeah. when it's like that. Why am I to run him in the ground even more so? What what good yeah. is that? No, do? you're right because you know you feel like, well, yeah, I messed up, but I didn't do it on purpose. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was no, you know, you got motive and intentionality and things like that. And a man who's truly trying to follow God and uh, be the head of his household, you know, you don't do things intentionally to dishonor God or to. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, or to you know hurt your family but we do and it is a big burden it is yeah and so you know god doesn't throw our sins back up in our face once he forgives them and so we can't do yeah. that either no, that's what not. you're saying he is the true mm-hmm. representation of that marriage and i'll tell you one little story we were we were upset with each other about something i don't even remember what that's how little it was probably mm-hmm. And we were driving. I can remember where we were driving, down Mineral Springs Road, actually. And I was driving. He was in the passenger seat. And the Lord told me, tell him you're sorry. And I'm like, I don't need to tell him I'm sorry because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm right. Yeah. And he said, tell him you're sorry because you've got this rift between you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm okay with that rift right now because yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy. So we kept driving, and I could feel the Holy Spirit say, touch his hand and i'm mm. like i don't want to touch him i don't want to talk to him i just want him to feel how upset i right. am and i kept hearing the holy spirit and that's to me and I, you know to make this long story short i reached over and touched his hand and immediately when my hand touched his hand the words came out of my mouth i'm sorry wow and that's at the holy spirit is the key to marriage i mean we have to follow through listen to the holy spirit that's to me why when people we're talking about marriages outside the church going and getting this piece of paper you're married it is so founded on jesus christ mm-hmm. how can a marriage survive without him yeah yeah you're right and yeah uh the name jesus christ on your marriage means a whole lot more than a probate judge's Absolutely. signature right. or a that's pastor right. even Absolutely. a pastor's signature yeah. you know that's it yeah you know, we we're talking about gary chapman a little while ago when she touched my hand she was speaking i got my love language is touch and affirming words and so if i'm around you in due time i'll either brag on you or i'll pat you on the back or something that's just kind of what i do and so when she responded in that way i knew then that it was for real yeah. and that the riff was about gone so yeah. and i don't even remember what it was about either to be honest with you yeah. but, but well, you know speaking so of gary important. chapman you know that's yeah. the, for those out there the five love languages has probably been one of the most revolutionary uh, yeah. books of, of maybe the whole last hundred years. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, it just absolutely resonates with every mm-hmm. person, uh, secular or sacred. And, of course, it's sacred. Uh, but I've interviewed uh, Gary numerous times. You know, and that when, when I've interviewed a guy like him about the five love languages and been able to ask my questions and mm-hmm. probe and understand, you know, how this came about, you know, I oftentimes say with this radio show, um, all the years I've been doing it that I would uh, there's a lot of, most days I would do the show even if nobody was listening and some days you wonder yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've all you know but when you get to sit and talk to a guy like that numerous times and ask you know those kind of questions about marriage and love mm-hmm. and 
how you express love to, within the context of, of, of those relationships. That's that's today's – nobody even has to listen. You know what I mean? It's yeah. all worth it to do it, to learn that stuff. But sure. Man, what a, You know, he said he he did marriage, he did marriage counseling. Hmm. Have you ever heard this? No, I hadn't. And if, I for those of you out there, if you don't know the five love languages, you should get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're married, it'll change your it'll change your marriage. It'll really change any relationship yeah. you're in. He said he did marriage counseling for years, and he was a you know he was a counselor, mm-hmm. and he went back and started going through all of his notes, and he just began to notice themes, a pattern. you know, in it patterns mm-hmm. and things, and over time he sort of whittled it down and found that. It all fit within these five deals. And he said, I mm-hmm. just kept counseling. So he started counseling in that way. And he just started seeing marriages turned around, just like it would just solve the problem for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it went into a book. And it's probably that he's probably the highest selling author I've ever had on the show. Mm-hmm. Maybe him or Karen Kingsbury. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Have I you mean, ever thought about that book, though, those languages, what they might represent? To me, they represent some of the outgrowths of spiritual gifts that we have. Yeah. Exhortation, teaching, sure. you know, you teach people hands-on, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, I think There's, he would tell you that as well. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what makes that book so so neat, you know. Well, it, it certainly is. And, you know, we would be remiss to talk marriage, and I'm glad you brought it up, and not mention that because uh, when, when you figure out your spouse or, or anyone, your, I mean, it can be your boss or your kids, and he's written a book for every area of life, but it started off with marriage. Yeah. Um, when you figure out how it is you can communicate uh, and share your love for them in a way they will understand it and receive it it makes sense yeah Uh, you know and the the observation he always makes and you see this in a marriage is that you know maybe i'll you know maybe my love language is i like to receive a gift okay Mm -hmm. it's not really but i'll just say that um and so what to me getting a gift that says hey you're important and i value you i gave you a gift and so that person will, in turn, buy gifts for other people to show them how much they appreciate, love, and value them. But if you're giving a gift to your spouse and they don't, that's not their love language, and that doesn't mean anything to them. You're you're not expressing, you're expressing it, but they're not receiving it. They they're not wired to receive it. And you probably felt offended that they didn't like what you're. You did. And, and yeah, that's and it right. Yeah. You right. well, didn't even appreciate it. I bought uh-huh. you this or I bought you that. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even care. And they're going, no, I didn't care. I just want you to spend some time with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the other level. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it'd been a lot cheaper. Right. Yeah, a lot cheaper. You could have gone on a walk yeah. for so that. So what he yeah. said was he began to notice that people married uh, married people who had opposite love languages of them. And mm-hmm. once they learned how to communicate with one another yeah. in those five love languages, he said immediately their marriage was just boom it just turned around yeah so it's amazing it really is and it's called subjecting yeah to each other and to the lord you know and i think that's a blessing I, you said gift i think that's funny um, um laurie likes gifts but she really doesn't uh, don't don't I, I'm, i'll get to the end in a minute you promise but the thing is is uh i one day i would buy her an outfit she loved it and then later on when parisian went away i couldn't buy her anything that pleased her if i bought an outfit so finally she looked at me and she said don't buy me don't buy me flowers flowers die mm-hmm. and don't buy me this other stuff or i'll take it back to the store i said well what do you want she said give me the cash money <laughs> so, and to Money's me that's so superficial <laughs> so when i gave her a wad of cash yeah. two christmases straight she's yeah. happy as a lot you know i think i've trained sandy in that now too that wasn't her money initial speaks way, money talks it really does all right we got to take our final break of the oh. hour stay with us we're talking marriage priority talk right here on wxjc 
And our final segment on marriage here today, Priority Talk, Greg Davis. Uh, don't forget, find us at PriorityTalkRadio.com. If you've missed the earlier parts of this discussion on marriage, uh, you can find it at our podcast. Uh, just look for Priority Talk Radio on your favorite platform. You'll find it or go to the website and you can click straight through there as well, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And uh, we're glad to be with you today. Uh, we got a few more minutes to talk marriage. Paul Brazier, Laurie Brazier here in studio with us. And uh, we're in Ephesians chapter 5, although, once again, I got a sidetrack last time. So uh, we talked about uh, submission, which I wanted to say. Submission is not subservience. Amen. Okay? That's right. That's mm-hmm. kind of the – I kept thinking that, and I wanted to get that in there. But, okay, we talked about that side of it. Let's get to the men's side, because Paul has some pretty good words for the men here as well. Yeah, well, the, the Apostle Paul, not me. I'm sorry. I, I'm just trying to help yeah, out. Yeah, the Apostle Paul. <laughs> not, not you. Yeah, exactly. But the, the thing is, you said that about uh, submission, not um, – what was the word you said? Subservient. Uh, subservient, yeah. I like that, uh, because what happens is, is in this passage of Scripture – it breaks it down, and everything that the man does and the wife does is parallel with the church and Jesus. And so how we are to Jesus is how we should be to each other. And so I think that's kind of cool. And so after the wives are to become uh, subject to the their husbands as unto the Lord, then you got the men in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present himself to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to also love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. Now, Unfortunately, I, I we only got about till the top of the hour. Yeah, so that's right. There's a lot in there. That's a lot. So let's that's get a after. whole lot. So what I, what I was going to say was this. Likewise, we're to love our wives. Can you just see Adam standing there and God says, who told you all this stuff? And he says, well, the woman you gave me. And then can't you just hear God saying, love your wife. Mm-hmm. You got to accept your own responsibility. You got, you're, you're responsible for her. And he's saying, just as Christ loved the church. So God is responsible for us. He sent Jesus to die on a cross for us and to give his life for us and to show us what real love was. And us guys have to resemble that. Mm-hmm. And, man, I pale really bad in that one. I try yeah. hard, but sometimes I don't try hard enough. Yeah, I mean, ladies, you know, be submissive. But then guys, I mean, that's tough. Guys love your wife like Christ loved the church. Yeah. Wow. For her I mean, spiritual that's even, betterment. That's a bigger responsibility, mm-hmm. yeah. heavier, a burden, to, not a burden, but a heavier uh, calling yeah. than is uh, this being submissive. My goodness, yeah. man. Oh, well, and then it says he cleansed her by the what? Washing of water with the word. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now, speaking words that his church would be cleansed. And we need to be doing the same thing for our wives yeah. and for our kids. Yeah. And so we need to know the Word of God. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, I really believe we've really messed up. Back in, you've been to Israel, we've all been to Israel. Mm-hmm. The Jewish culture, back in the time of the Scriptures, was the man was the storyteller. The man was the judge that sat on the hill and, and helped other folks have families and sure. stuff. And so we've got to be that guy that tells the stories of Jesus and all. But, you know, we probably all grew up with our moms and well, your, your dad was a preacher, but yeah. Mama probably did most yeah, of the reading, Yeah, but it was you? the ladies who taught the yeah. Sunday school classes and, your, and yeah, did all that. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. And so to me, the man's got to step up. You know, the man's got to step up, and that's how we are to love our, our wives, by sacrificing in the Word 
and but also sharing the word yeah. and then living the word out before them. Well, Paul, we know the numbers are out there that when a man follows Christ, the wife and the children almost always do. It's about ninety percent chance that everybody's going to be saved. But but if the man doesn't and the wife does, it's less. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if neither do, then the children have very little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, chance at, while they're children. So that just goes to show you the, the way this works. Well, I was just going to say the word communicate keeps coming up in my mind. I can't expect Paul to to know what I'm thinking, and and I definitely don't know what he's thinking most of the time either. So that yeah. communicate, whether it's through the word or is through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to both of us as a married couple. But there are times that I'm going through some struggles, whether it's job related or personal with my family yeah. or things around me, and I kind of keep it to myself. Yeah. Well, that that's not good for our marriage yeah. because we need to be communicating with each other so he can pray for me over those yeah. things. He would want that resp- he would want that opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it gives him an opportunity when you share those. It gives him an opportunity to love you, right? As Christ mm-hmm. loved the church, he can be there for you. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, it's more difficult to meet the need, mm-hmm. right? When his when his father was had passed away, I wanted to be a strong mm-hmm. rock for him. Yeah. So I was encouraging him. His mm-hmm. your dad was so proud of you, and I was yeah. just giving him words of encouragement that I knew he needed. Yeah. And we were getting ready for the funeral, and it hit me that I haven't mourned for him. Mm-hmm. He was my father too, mm-hmm. and I hadn't mourned for him. And I mean, just yeah. out of the blue, getting ready that day in the in the bathroom, we were getting ready. Uh, I was putting on makeup or something. I don't remember, but Paul was standing right there, and I just grabbed him and just cried on his shoulder like yeah. I didn't realize how much I miss him, too. Yeah, yeah. And that was good for both of us to be honest with each other. I don't like to, I don't like to cry at all, mm. and I had to break down and let go so that my husband could pray for me and hold me because yeah. I needed he, it, too. For him to love you. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you have to. You have to allow someone to love you, yeah. like cross love right. the church. And sometimes, and I've told the church many times, we've gotten so sterile in church worship, and it's going going over to our families. We've gotten so sterile, we don't cry at the altar anymore. We don't, you know, beg oh, God to forgive yeah. us for our sins. Yeah. And and so if we're trying to be strong at home, I see strength in tears. And so when she did that, I was like, I never see Laurie cry much. And that's to me, that's not healthy spiritually. It's not healthy for her or for for me. If she's not hurting and sharing stuff with me, then I can't help her with stuff. And so when she did that, it helped us as a couple grow, but it also helped me grow. Because a lot of times we'll look at each other as, as married couples and say, oh, they just don't understand. I don't need to burden, that, burden them with that. You know, when we do, we need to share that. And we need to listen to the, the hurts and those kind of so things. So probably breakdown in marriage doesn't often, doesn't normally come from uh, from oversharing. It comes from undersharing. It's undersharing. Is that yeah, a good way really to say is. it? Yeah. And again, it goes back to communication. Yeah. You can't overcommunicate. Not overcommunicate. Mm-hmm. And you can't think for the other person. You've got to yeah, Lord, share you your that heart. Yeah, said that was so good. That, that, I tell yeah. you, if there's some people out there listening, you don't know what they're thinking. They don't know what you're thinking. No. All right? Yeah. You have to communicate. That, that, yeah. was, that was really good, what you said. About I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> I mean, yeah. right. and people have to figure that out. Yeah. and it takes both to understand that. And the sad thing, what causes divisions in the church is when you don't know what somebody's thinking. Somebody will start saying, and I'm talking about not only in the church but in the family too. You start believing perceptions. 
well, he said this, she said this. Well, maybe, you know, and you start dreaming up mm-hmm. things. And, and there's a lot of people nowadays believing lies about their spouse, believing lies mm-hmm. about their fellow church members because mm-hmm. of perception, but they just quit talking to each other. Well, perceptions, and always and, remember there's always another side to a story. That's right. Always another side to a perception. Perception is not truth. And no. can I say this before yeah. time yeah. runs out? This Go is important it. to me in a marriage. Very important. My mom wrote down in a Bible one time, and I've kept this saying in my head, you cannot stop birds from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from making a nest in your hair. Mm -hmm. And as a married couple, when something flashes before my face or somebody tempts me to be wrong in the marriage in any kind of form, whether it's television, seeing something I shouldn't see, something that will tear our marriage, I have to run. I can't think about it. Right. You no, know, I'll be Entertain all right. It. Yeah. Run. Yeah. Run. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you yeah. you have to have to get out of, get get out of there. Mm-hmm. I think about Joseph, you know, mm-hmm. turning yeah. and running. That's exactly what you mm-hmm. have to do. And then everybody got a bad re- perce- perception I get out of yeah. here too because of what the wife said, what the Potiphar's wife said. But he still believed the truth and guess who got him out of that? God did because the truth will set you free. Yeah. Perception is not reality. And there's always two sides to a story, always two sides to a perception. That's what right. you see is not the full story. Uh, mm-hmm. What you think is the full story is not. And that's important to understand in a marriage. You know what I mean? You might look at your husband and think, one perceive this. Well, there's another side to that as well. Mm-hmm. And you got to communicate to understand that. There's what's mm-hmm. uh, easily seen and what's not so easily seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Boy, this is good. I wish Sandy would have been here. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. I, I would like, like to know her secrets. Yeah, uh, we might have to <laughs> do this again. We've done three or four hours on that one. We might out. have to do yeah. this topic again. Um, that's really good. In fact, I, I thought about doing that during uh, this hour is uh, maybe once a week just doing marriage and family type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know That'd what be I mean? cool, I think yeah. It, yeah. I think it really could be good. To, and for those who are not married out there, whether their spouse has passed away or whatever, mm-hmm. there's something still sweet with all of this because we are – married to christ as the body of yep. christ so amen because yeah. that's what the scripture does it parallels mm-hmm. the church with our marriages yeah well very good very good if you just tuned in listening uh, to this live and you missed the first part of it you can find it at our podcast uh prioritytalkradio.com uh, or search priority talk radio in your favorite podcast platform uh this and much much more there and i uh, hope you've been encouraged in this we've enjoyed it yeah, this yeah. is this is one of those kind of days where you're kind of like, hey, this was good, even if nobody listens. Like I said earlier, <laughs> uh, like talking to Gary Chapman, this was a good. Yeah. One. Hey, maybe I'll get some money out of this because Paul said he'd like to give me money. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I got to get some, some money first. Yeah. I see some cash coming. <laughs> yes. Uh, appreciate you guys coming, and we'll yeah. have to do it again. Enjoyed it, Greg. Uh, really soon, and don't forget Priority Talk Radio five until seven p.m. Monday through Friday, WXJC Radio one hundred one point one FM, and then we do post the show. And, uh, and other segments consistently there at Priority Talk Radio, our podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Finish out uh, well, and we will talk to you next time.